0: Welcome back to Season 4 of The Rise Podcast with Brandon Garland. Thanks so much for joining me. It means so much to me. Every time you listen, uh, if you are listening and this has blessed you in any way, shape, or form, it would bless me so much if you would leave a five-star rating, possibly even a review that helps other people discover the content uh, that God's speaking through it. As well as, man, there's nothing cooler than seeing someone tag me in an Instagram story or a tweet or a Facebook post talking about how this podcast has impacted and reached them. So if you'd do that for me, if this podcast has blessed you in any way, uh, that would be incredible. Today, I want to talk about something that I really believe I've lost the art of doing in my own personal life and that I think the global church has lost, especially as compared to when I read things in Acts, uh, where people are just following the lead of the Holy Spirit. And I think that it's so easy to be complacent, comfortable, and content with living in less than what God's given to us, and that is an active, vibrant relationship with Him by way of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, I have a special treat for you if you're listening. One of my friends from, I guess we can say you're from Lexington, Cincinnati. Who knows where he's from? He's probably going to be in a city near you in the next couple months. Uh, his name is John Webster. Hey, John. What's up? So glad you're here. Uh, it's Easter when we're recording this podcast, and John texted me um yesterday talking to all these weird questions about what are you doing on Easter what are you doing in the afternoon I was like bro what are you talking about and he said I'm in Charlotte so of course I scooped him and had some Easter dinner and now we're making a podcast what are you doing in Charlotte John
1: yeah so I was here um, with a ministry that preaches the gospel to kids using um, games and this guy named Jiggy so got the opportunity to dance in this monster costume and just kind of use my gifts behind kind of like being in hidden. So it was cool to worship the Lord in that way and actually not be seen.
0: Wow. So you really got to, is it too corny for me to say you got jiggy with it inside of this jiggy costume? (laughs) Is it too far? No, It might be too far. We might edit that out. We'll edit it out. Um, Well, you just made a relatively uh, major life shift. Um, Talk to me about what God's been saying to you in the past few months. I know he's been saying a lot Um, but what's God kind of been leading you to do? What's a, what's a crazy, some would say crazy, some would say faithful action that you've taken recently, uh, to follow God in obedience. Uh, and what's the next kind of upcoming months of your life looking like?
1: Yeah, totally. So, um, when I got back from California, I felt like the Lord gave me about six months of just intense sitting with him, just like getting alone with him. And I watched a lot of my relationships kind of dissipate fall away by just him setting the fire that just refined me as a person and burned off anything that wasn't supposed to be there. I got, got alone in my prayer closet and started worshiping my guts out. The only thing I knew how to do is worship and that turned into um, music and music and more music and produced a song about um where the wind blows where it talks about how the wind blows wherever it pleases and you hear its sound but you don't know where it comes from this is with everyone born of the spirit and i think well i i know that the lord is calling me in a direction of going where the wind pleases Mm -hmm. and the freedom just being able to be trusted with the gospel and to go with that current in the gust of wind so it's kind of what's going on right now
0: so Will you put a little bit of uh, context onto the specific wind that God's blown in your life. I think it'd be powerful p- for people to hear what God's kind of called you to do and what what that involves you leaving and what you're kind of stepping into in this season.
1: So I got really comfortable with the community around me, um, the relationships I had, and I almost was getting gluttonous with all the things that I could say as family around me and he just birthed what Kingdom Family really looks like, and to see everybody set into motion as a walking, moving, um, like body of Christ, like fully living out the gospel. So the other day, the Lord called me to quit my job, and when I quit my job, like opportunities started opening up, and um, I'm gonna be going on tour with some awesome friends, with like Ecclesia and Isla Vista, and just some other things, dancing, leading worship, capturing, and storytelling. So I really feel called to like storytelling, and just to network the kingdom of God to each other.
0: Wow. So when you think about walking with the Spirit, walking in step with the Holy Spirit, what do you think is one maybe common thing that people consistently either don't understand or maybe they understand it but they're not quite living into the full reality that maybe someone like yourself not that you're doing it perfectly but someone like yourself who heard god's call to leave their job and the city they live in the average christian has never had an experience like that in america so tell me what's one thing that maybe is a roadblock and hindrance to the average christian today experiencing that in your perspective
1: One, I just want to speak against like competition. Like you see someone that's a missionary in Uganda Mm. with water and then the person that's holding the door at your church. And those are the same because that's exactly what the Lord's called them to. I think the Lord just changed my direction um, of what I thought. So I would have to say I had to repent because I was going in a direction that wasn't really set before me, but may have been set before someone else. Mm. So, um, when we're walking with God, it's the concept of walking. Like, it's, you're moving somewhere. You're going in a direction. Like, you have to be moving towards something. It says that, like, maintains their steps and then, like, the Lord will, like, lead them along that. And, like, I finally got to the concept of Psalm 23 where it says, the Lord, um, he comforts them with the rod and the staff. Mm. And, I always allowed him to, like, lead me with the staff but I didn't really understand the concept of discipline. And, I really... Um, had to forsake all my other loves, all my other things that I that I was actually idolizing, the comfort of relationships and, like, the coziness of life and felt the Lord prompt me to actually just go and do things like this, like randomly show up and say, like, Charlotte, and talk mm. to you and encourage the body and the saints and not, like not just evangelize, but encourage people that are already in the family and remind them that there's people out there that are also like running after God in this race.
0: Wow. I think you have to be willing to get outside your comfort zone. And I feel like you have this decision that you've, maybe it wasn't a one time, one day decision, but I feel like you've made the decision in your heart. I'm gonna, when the road splits between comfort and calling, I'm going to choose calling. And I feel like, to me, that's the synthesis of what you've just said is that a lot of us are going to stay in our lane. We know what we're good at. We know what we like doing. We know what we're comfortable at. But oftentimes, you could I – because, I mean, realistically, you you maybe could have stayed working where you were working and stayed plugged in in the community you were in. And you could have been an encouragement and a blessing. And it's not like God would have hated you. Yeah. But you would have missed the the supreme – ultimate aspects of the calling that God has on your life if you would have chosen comfort. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it's so interesting leaving a community that actually it wasn't out of spite or anything bad that was happening. It was actually tons of love. It's just, the Lord's telling me I have to move on. Mm. Not move away from that family, just but move on to start new ones and mm. like new relationships so that I can see the, the full face of God through his children around me. Mm. There's this interesting story we talked
0: about earlier where the prophet Elijah is walking and going down the road and he throws his cloak at the younger man, Elisha, who's working in the fields with the ox that he tends. And he catches the cloak Elisha does and he runs up to catch the prophet Elijah and says, essentially, I want to come with you. And Elijah says, "Okay." So Elisha goes back, says goodbye to his parents. This is a man he's known for a minute and a half says bye to his parents, and then does something that I think is one of the most interesting things in all of the scriptures, is that he burns his multiple yokes of oxen. Yoke of oxen were extraordinarily expensive. They they not only showed productivity, but they showed wealth. To have a, to have a single ox was a costly endeavor, but to have an entire uh, yoke of them was, was extremely expensive. And, and Elisha goes back and he slaughters the oxen and then he burns them. And it's so interesting that I think when life gets uncomfortable, it's easy to return back to the last place that we felt comfortable. And so I think it'd be cool for you to tell them you're not just moving and leaving, but God kind of called you to burn
1: some oxen as well. Isn't that true? Yeah. So as I was making this decision to kind of leave the nest, I got that like extra gust of wind to sell everything and give a lot of it away. And, um, I got DMs from people or Instagram, like messages or just texting, like give, like literally not just like sell for my own ministry, but like give it away. And. Some of the things I've collected over the years, I've had things since I was 8th, in, like, 8th grade. Like, I did not want to give away. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to get so much money. You know how much this costs, Lord? Like, I can use this to support my ministry if I sell this thing. And the Lord was like, no, back it up and, like, give it away. Wow. And that was the hardest thing because I I finally came to another area of my life where I was living as an orphan because I was trying to be my own provider mm. and provide for myself instead of really trusting the Lord when he said give and not just sell. He's letting me sell a few things, but that's specific because I know his voice. and He's. But the things that he's letting me sell like mean almost nothing to me. And the things that he's making me he give away is the things that I've like sought comfort in. And now he's like, you won't have any other comfort besides me. Mm. So... It's been a very, like, honestly, like, it's like I've been breaking up with things. Wow. A lot of things that I loved, like, like literally loved and his kindness led me to repentance. And he showed me that, like, he's the only one that really loves my soul. Hmm. There's nothing else.
0: Is there an element maybe
1: of, even though it's probably
0: in a certain sense, uh, scary. And in a certain sense, it's got to be somewhat overwhelming to leave behind what you've been doing for a long time. But is there a sense of freedom that someone who maybe doesn't, who isn't maybe as willing to hear a prompting from God and say yes to it, even when it's scary, like, is there a freedom that you feel like you might get to walk in by saying yes to God, no matter what the cost is that someone wouldn't be able to, by kind of saying yes to the easy things. But when it gets a little bit more intense, you start to tune out.
1: Like, even making this podcast like i'm just thinking people are going to hear this i'm going to be held accountable for the things i'm saying on this and it's actually pushing me more out of the nest and i feel like i'm flying into freedom and i know that his literally his air is going to lift me and i'm going to actually soar with him wow it's it's like whoa i actually am in this position where wow lord like you this is a partnership you're not dragging me anywhere you're actually saying i want to be the wind in your sails like we, we always sing it in king of my heart like the wind in my sails but actually this is showing me what the wind of the sails actually feels like mm-hmm. and that it's someone that wants to move and you wanted to talk a little bit about walking with the lord and i was so desperate i was like god i want to be with you i want to be with you and Whenever I see these people in the Bible, it says like they walked with God, they walked with God, they walked with God. And Adam walked in the cool, like you walked in the cool of day with him, Lord. And it was a concept I couldn't really understand, but there was motion and movement. And there's always this thing of work that they're moving towards something. And I saw that the work that you were talking about when uh, Mary, I'm speaking to the Lord now because I just feel like he's so present in the room, that when he was talking to his um, parents in Luke chapter two, um, he goes, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be about my father's business? And he literally abandoned everything because he had to be about the father's business at age 11. And he he highlighted that to me and where he was on the move and he was in, in step with the Holy Spirit. And you see that so evident when you're talking about the fruits of the spirit, it says so that we can be in step with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So it's all about this motion of movement. Like we can't go back, but we can always go forward. And as I'm going forward, I want to meet God and have those moments with him and his kids as I'm being in step with the Holy Spirit. Mm. There's, this,
0: there's this element, biblically speaking, that says things like, his sheep know his voice. And that those who are led by the Spirit are like the wind, kind of like you talked about earlier. And it even says in that passage that those who are led by the Spirit are like the wind and people know not where they're being led to so it's like there should be so to me i don't know you crazy well but i know you pretty well but even to me i hear your story and you're like yeah man i feel like you know god told me leave go out walk with me i'll take you wherever i'm going and, but there's an element even to me but i would imagine especially as someone who doesn't know you at all or especially someone who doesn't know you or god they would think that is crazy this man's crazy. Like, Should there be an element of people looking at our lives and thinking that does not make sense?
1: Yeah, like when it's comfortable and it's expected, it's hard for me to believe that's actually God because I see the wild adventure that he invites us into. And I thought it was just going to be flowers and rainbows when I started walking with the Lord, but I really started to understand What it means to suffer with the Lord, but like the suffering versus like the glory that He actually allows us to experience here on Earth, and the one that the glory that we're going to experience like past this life is something that I'm willing to lose everything for, because my my treasures are not here. Like your mom was saying, like our treasures aren't here on Earth, but they're in heaven. And the concept of family, like the 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 ability to talk to your mom or talk to you, and 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 it's this this it's just like full thought and it goes full circle to think like this is what he's actually wanting and i would rather be in moments like this where i get to see the body in full motion than to not know that there is anything else besides the things around me wow so this it's so so much like the worth it's like it's worth it all you know mm. it's worth it all there's nothing you lose that he won't
0: return back better and not necessarily better the way we assume it's going to be better. And I always
1: think it's going to be material possessions, and mm. everyone's like, "Oh, if I gotta lose this thing." It's going to be material, like possessions. Like maybe if we need that, like it's like what, you were talking earlier um, in the Psalms. You were talking about like the need. Mm,
0: yeah, it's Psalm twenty three from the Christian Standard Bible. The the version that we all have memorized is "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." But perhaps a better translation of the verse is "The Lord is my shepherd;
1: I have what I need." And as I'm, like, going from city to city with the leather bag that I found in Dallas for $5. It's cool, though. It's cool, though. It is cool. Um, But in that bag is everything I need for that exact moment. And I'm learning that, like, he's going to give me the things I need. And sometimes the things I want. But my desire to have the things, what I need versus what I want gets, like, sacrificed because I would rather have what he wants for me than what I want. Hmm. And
0: one of the things that we were talking about earlier that maybe the church as a whole needs is a return back to a theology that includes suffering as a part of our walk with God. It's interesting. I heard a scripture preached last night, um, and it's so good. I want to read it and hear your thoughts about it. It's Romans 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace by which we now stand and we boast in the hope of God. Here's the verse I want to get to. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given To us. It seems like in that passage, Paul's making a connection between finding, ultimately, it starts out with suffering and the the final destination is hope. And there's this connection of suffering and hope that seems to be tied together in verse 5 by the Holy Spirit that's been poured into our hearts. So tell me, what is it that the church has been missing with suffering? And tell me for you, since we're talking about walking with the Spirit, What's the difference between walking through life, not just as a Christian, like I hope you're walking through life as a Christian, but what's the difference between walking through suffering in step with the Spirit versus walking through life, maybe you're saved, maybe you're not, but you're not actively taking each day, each step along with God hearing His voice speak into your life. How does that play out for for you personally?
1: First, I had to really come into the understanding of what the difference between suffering and torment was, Mm -hmm. because I, I allowed, um, torment actually to be disguised as suffering with Christ because I was in contract with like other voices that said that this is suffering with Christ. And so I walked through a hard season of, um, just like loneliness because I thought that's what it was and that suffering... Um, was me being alone, but really that was torment because I actually didn't want to reach out and connect with people, with the people that the Lord was putting mm. around me. So with suffering, it's like it's nothing that the Lord is not going to make his strength made known through your weakness. And it's allowing the Lord to lead you through seasons. It says, I mean, I feel like we're all in Psalm 23, but um, like if we, when we go through the, the, the darkest valley, it's like those valleys are there and like allowing us to walk with him is something that's beautiful, but will we allow him to lead us into those things? Cause we don't go anywhere where he doesn't lead us if we're Christian, you know? So if he's leading us, that valley isn't him. That valley is just a season or an, a thing or an obstacle in the way of further glory that is going to refine you. Yeah. That's going to sharpen you. That's going to reveal more of him inside of you and you're going to be successful Walking with the Lord. So it's like that suffering is, it's honestly the best thing is to suffer with Christ because when you're, when you suffer with Christ, you get to look a lot more like Him.
0: I love that. And I think there's no, especially that last part, because if the point of the whole point of this thing is to bring God back into reconciliation with man, and that has so many implications, it reconciles man to each other and it recon, it reconciles us to the world, but so much of the center of our faith is being made to look like Jesus. And Jesus most looked like Jesus when Jesus was suffering on the tree for us. So I think there's something profound in what you said in the fact that you never will be made more into the image of Jesus than when you're suffering the way he suffered. I think that's such a key in walking with him because if you don't have a theology that includes the part of Psalm 23 that says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, The same God who led you by the pasture and the still water leads you through the valley. But I noticed so many times in the people that I'm shepherding that it's a lot easier to come to church and worship God and be passionate about your faith when he's leading you by the still water and the peaceful valley. But when you get in the the darkest valley, the shadow of death... If you don't have a theology that has built into it, sometimes God leads me through here. He never sticks me here. My destination isn't in this valley of the shadow of death. But if our theology doesn't include, God might take me through something hard so he can get something that was hard to get inside of me, into me, and make me look more like Jesus. It's just hard to walk with God if you only want to walk with him through the easy times.
1: And I just want to finish up with just this concept we started this podcast off talking about walking with the Lord and Psalm 23 really talks about him being a shepherd and that we're really lacking nothing or, and he makes, and it says that he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me besides um, quiet waters, but then I can go down and it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley and the Lord's going to, it says he even though I walk through the darkest of valley, that means like I'm moving. Mm. And the only thing that he really makes us do is rest. You know, he like, he makes me lay lie down in green pastures. That's when we're at still, like we're totally bestilling our heart and he leads me beside quiet waters. But then it says, even though I walk through the darkest of valleys. So if you're listening to this and I'm actually speaking to myself, it's like, if you're in the darkest of valleys, like it's a promise in the scripture is that he's, like even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, you won't, you can't stay there. It's not a place to stay. Torment isn't yours. The suffering that you're enduring is nothing that you can't do without without Christ. So it's like, don't believe that you have to stay there. He's actually carrying you through. And if you get down to the the bottom of the scripture, that's so so famous, it says, "You prepared a table before me, in the presence of my enemy." You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as we're just passing through this life, it says, surely your goodness and love will follow me. You have to be moving. You have to be walking for something to follow you. And we can rest in those moments too. Like He can make your darkest desert seasons ever a green pasture because it's his presence. It's not the place or the season that defines you. It's his presence that like comes and surrounds you. And it's like ever being there as close as your breath that you're breathing. Wow. That's my encouragement.
0: So good. So powerful. Straight from the Psalms. And I I do want to, I want to close with this because I think it speaks to what you just said. And I think it speaks to who you are in your life. It's second Corinthians four verses 13 through 17 for the 13 through 18. How about let's do that. It says it is written. I believed. Therefore I spoke. Since we also have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. I think you live out verse 15 well, my friend. It says, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And then verse 16 and 17 Talks so much about what we've been talking about. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we may be wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our, this is my favorite part, and I want to speak this over someone listening, your light and momentary troubles are achieving for you an eternal weight of glory that far outlasts them all. So, And here's my encouragement for you, John, as you travel into your next season, and for anyone listening, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. And I believe this over your life, and I see it tangibly, but also in everyone listening, even to the person who thinks, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. It's cool that John's, you know, doing worship and dancing and taking pictures and creating things. I'm going to make sure before we end the episode, I can tell them how to connect with you on social media. But someone listening is thinking like, that's great. And Brandon, I know you're a pastor or whatever, but like, I don't know what my gifting is. Well, according to the Bible, there is an eternal glory that God is trying to achieve in you. And there is something on this planet that God is trying to achieve through you. So as you walk through whatever it is you're going through, and as the enemy's trying to tell you that you can't make it, you'll never make it, you're stuck, you're not going to advance, you're only passing through that valley. And that thing that Satan sent against you that he thought was going to stop you, just like a Jesus jujitsu, he turned the the motion and the energy and the strength of the punch that was thrown at you. And he turned that energy actually back on the enemy itself because it says in verse 18 that the troubles sent against you are achieving for you. The thing sent against you is working for you. And there is something God's going to do in you and through you on the other side of the trouble you're in if you just do one thing and that's walk by the spirit through it. It's the key to the whole episode. It's what we've been talking about. You will not make it through your season if you're trying to do it in your own strength. And you will not have a deep faith in God if you only see him in the good things. But he's in all the things, working out for you an eternal weight of glory that far outlasts anything you're walking through. So I don't want to end the episode without two things. I want to pray for John because he's here and he's my guest and I was going to pray for him anyway. So might as well do it on the mic and let you guys all pray for him as you listen to this. And then right after I pray, I'm going to have John tell you how you can follow his journey uh, through social media and other forums potentially as well. But let me pray for you, bro. God, thanks so much for for John's life. Thank you for all the things that you have in store for him. Thank you that if you were to tell him, just like it says in Habakkuk 1.6, all the things that you were going to do in his life, he wouldn't even believe it. And that story in Habakkuk talks about some bad things that happened, but it achieved some good things. So I pray, God, thank you for all the negative things that John has walked through and will walk through because he's walking through them towards his purpose. And we thank you that no scheme of the enemy stands and that all the things working against him are actually gonna be turned for him. And we just praise you right now for the ministry you've given him and all you're gonna do with him in the future. We praise you for it. And we believe that it's gonna be greater than anything we could have asked for or imagined. In Jesus' name, amen. John, will you tell them how they can follow your journey?
1: Um, Yeah, y'all, if you want to follow me on any social media platform, it's at, it's John Webster, it's J-O-N, and Webster Like the Dictionary. I love you guys so much,
2: and thanks for having me, Brandon.